And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And starting out today, we praise you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We thank you for being here with us today. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for all the provision in our lives. And we just thank you today for loving us and always being there, Lord, so that we are able to choose you and turn towards you and have this relationship with you that you so dearly hate for. So today I say to you, the souls listening in today, you are a precious soul to the Lord. The Lord loves you today. Whether you love him and submit to him and are facing him or are living a life away from him and looking the other way, whether you are living free by knowing and living and doing the word of God or whether you are bound in an invisible darkness that you feel you cannot break free of, the Lord loves you today regardless. He loves you. The Lord does not favor one person over another according to Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And this is the Amplified Classic Edition version of the Bible. It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, And Peter opened his mouth and said, Most certainly and thoroughly, I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. So what is the difference between a person who is being held in spiritual, emotional, and physical captivity, with sickness, for example, and the other person who is not. The difference is that the person who is in captivity to any of those things or all of those things has not yet had the gospel of Jesus Christ explained to them, or they have heard of it, but they decided with their own free will to keep on living the way they are living. The person who is not in captivity, not in bondage to addictions and guilt and condemnation and sickness and emotional distress, they are the one who was set free by receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior, confessing Jesus as Lord, making Jesus their Lord, but continued on by reading the Bible and found out the truth of who God created them to be, how God truly sees them and accepted it as truth, doing the word, not just hearing it, and is now living it. So this person has received Jesus as their Lord, confesses that Jesus is their Lord. Jesus has saved them. He has given them eternal life. But they didn't stop at the decision they made. They also went on and says, now let me find out the truth that is God's word that's written in the the scriptures about who God says I am, and let me accept that and live it for real. So John chapter 8 verse 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now to those of you who are in captivity in some form today, it is not the hand that the Lord has dealt you. It is not the hand that life has given you. So this is not some predetermined life that you are playing out that God has created for you. So he did not create tomorrow a specific way for you. I did not believe this when I was a child growing up into my teenage years. I thought that my whole life was automatically pre-programmed so that if I ended up getting an IT job with computers, then that was always my destiny to have that. But come to find out that looking at the Word of God, it turns out that every day is up to me 
working with God or working without God. And there are ramifications for either path that I choose. So if you are going through a lot of hardship, a lot of tough times, and you are maybe depressed, you may be in a state of guilt, all kinds of problems are in your life, and you don't know where to turn. I would say to you today that God has not given you any of these problems. Now, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fractured world that fell at the moment in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there's both good and evil in the knowledge of everybody in the world. But there are people who practice evil. There are people who don't yet know the love of Jesus and don't have the love of Jesus in them. So therefore, they're still acting out of their old nature, the nature that they were born into this world with, the sinful nature, because of the fall of man at that tree that day with Adam and Eve. That is why we have to become born again. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So the life that you are living every day is not automatically pre-programmed. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't know what you will do today. But there is a difference between God knowing what you will do today and God creating the day for you to follow it exactly the way that he created it. He did not do that. He's leaving your day up to you. And he hopes that you will choose him in creating the day, in co-laboring with him and co-working with him, as it talks about in the New Testament in the book of Galatians. God wants to be a part of your life, and he hopes that you want to be a part of his. Because you have received eternal life, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but it doesn't stop at that decision. We must understand now who we are. What is the truth about all this? So, for those of you who are in captivity in some form today, it's not the hand that the Lord has given you or dealt you. It's not a deck of cards and a hand of cards that you were just randomly given. This is your hand that you have to play with for the rest of your life. That is a lie from the devil. It's not the truth. It is not to be found anywhere in the Bible. So therefore, it is a thing that people will say, but it doesn't mean that what people say is true. You have to find out the truth for yourself. So you determine two things. You determine your day based on your thoughts and actions. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15 says, All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast, regardless of circumstances. So you get to decide whether your day is getting made evil based on your own thoughts. Your thoughts, whether they are anxious or not. When your thoughts are the thoughts inclined to the Lord and the way the Lord thinks, think on positive things, think on God's promises that he has delivered you. If you are born again, he's delivered you from guilt and condemnation and sickness and disease and poverty and lack of anything good for you. He, you just lean on him, you trust in him, and you say, no matter what it looks like, I walk by faith and not by sight. 
You trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You trust in his word. You know that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Psalm chapter 119, verse 89. You cling to his hands. You cling to every word of the Lord because the truth is what sets you free. And without it, you are not set free, which means you are bound. Your day is based on your trusting in the word of God so that as you believe, and accept by faith in the scriptures about who God says you are, you start to become that truth and leave behind who you were before your mind accepted this new understanding, the word of God itself. So we have to accept by faith that the scriptures are true and that they are alive and active in your life, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. You decide with your free will where you will ultimately go after you breathe your last breath on this earth, based on whom you are serving and submitting to. Acts chapter 4, verse 11 to 12 says, This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you, the builders, but which has become the head of the corner, the cornerstone. And verse 12, And there is salvation in and through no one else, For there is no other name under heaven given among men by and which we must be saved. We must choose this day whom we will serve. Let's take a look at the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. In chapter 30, God makes it very plain to the children of Israel. They have a choice to make, and this should apply to us every day. We have a choice to make whether it's life or death. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're going to start in verse 9 and go to verse 20. And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, of your cattle, of your land, for good. For the Lord will again delight in prospering you, as he took delight in your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your being, for this commandment which I command you this day is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. It is not a secret laid up in heaven, that you should say who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse 14, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart so that you can do it. That's a very key verse. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart, so that you can do it. Verse 15, see, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. Now, this is verse 15. This does not mean that God creates death and God creates evil. No, the fallen world, which came about through the disobedience of Adam and Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is what allowed evil and death to come into the world, and that's why God warned Adam and Eve before they ate of that fruit, in the day that you eat of the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die. That was a spiritual death. 
Remember in those days, people lived a very long time. Abraham, Adam and Eve. But these days, our life expectancy is much shorter. That is in our physical bodies, of course. Eternal life in the spirit, there is no end. Praise God. So verse 15, see, God says, see, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land into which you go to possess. But, verse 17, but if your mind and heart turn away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish, and you shall not live long in the land which you pass over the Jordan to enter and possess. Now, where it says here that you shall surely perish, that is the same warning that God gave to Adam and Eve about the tree in the Garden of Eden. They surely perish, shall surely die. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, the blessings and the curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Verse 20, and may love the Lord your God, obey his voice and cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, this is also a key verse in verse 20. If you love the Lord your God, obey his voice and cling to him, he is your life. So if you don't cling to him, if you don't confess him as Lord, if you don't make Jesus Lord in your life, then you could say you're running on empty. It's like you're running your car on barely any petrol, any gasoline. You're running on very, very little. You're not being sustained by the fullness of Christ living within you because he's not living in you if you're not born again. God has not yet taken up residence inside of you if you have yet to give him your life and invite him in. So we need to depend on the Lord, for he is your life and the length of your days. He will give you a long life, because if you give a battery a charge, then it will last much longer. But if that battery never gets charged, it never gets life into it, it will surely run down and it will no longer function. So the Lord is your life and the length of your days. Now, there is obviously a big decision for each of us to make in our lives. It's whether we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior for us personally, or whether we reject him. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 46, and this again is in the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, his majesty and splendor, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them, the people, from one another, as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. Verse 33, And he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand, but the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, 
you favored of God and appointed to eternal salvation, inherit, receive as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you brought me together with yourselves and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. Verse 36, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to see me. Then the just and upright will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed and entertained you or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and came to visit you? Verse 40, And the king will reply to them, Truly I tell you, in so far as you did it for one of the least, in the estimation of men of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Be gone from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me and entertain me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me with help and ministering care. Verse 44, Then they also in their turn will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Verse 45, and he will reply to them, solemnly I declare to you, insofar as you failed to do it for the least in the estimation of men for these, you failed to do it for me. Then they will go away in eternal punishment, but those who are just and upright and in right standing with God into eternal life. So the question today is, do you want to become who God created you to be? Do you want to be the goat or the sheep. You want to be on the right hand of God as a sheep or the left hand as a goat and be separated from God as you may be today. God does not want you to remain separated. Remember the sin of Adam and Eve at the garden of Eden at the tree. They ate of that fruit and that separated the human race from God. Only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life back to the Father. So do you want to become who God created you to be? Do you want to become part of his family, his son or his daughter? We are not his children unless we allow Jesus to be our savior. Know that the Lord did not cause the life you have been enduring and suffering through. The fallen, fractured world and others around you who have not yet received Jesus have inflicted suffering on you because they are also lost, serving the wrong master, looking for deliverance, just not knowing how to be set free. They are just trying to work through life the best they can, but they cannot do it successfully without Jesus. And they so far have rejected him and rejected his truth. The Lord has paid to have you completely set free, spirit, soul, and body, through the finished works of Christ, destroying the works of the enemy as he did, paying by the savage punishment he received at the whipping post and at the cross for your heart to be healed, your body to be healed, but most importantly for your spirit to be brand new. How do you receive this eternal life? 
by receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. He is able to save because he paid for your punishment of sin in your place on the cross. You become the righteousness of God, all because God wants you to reestablish the relationship he once had with his creation until Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree in the garden. The shed blood of Jesus has paid for all your sins and for your conscience to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. But your free will has to decide it wants it. There is no cost to you. It's free. But it cost God his son for you. Do you want to be set free by this truth? Do you want to be rid of this old life that's just not working out for you? John chapter 12, verse 25 says, Anyone who loves his life loses it, but anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. Whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here on earth, but despises it, preserves his life forever and ever. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. This is Jesus speaking. John had the revelation of Christ, wrote everything down. And this is the vision John had of Jesus at the door and what Jesus said. Now, the door symbolizes your heart. You have to open up your heart today. You have control over that door of your heart. You have control. You have the free will. God would love for you to open that door to him, but he's not forcing you to do it. But you have a choice, and there are ramifications for you opening the door or leaving it shut, and Jesus will end up in that day not being able to stay at that door to keep on knocking. He will end up having to leave. So right now there is a window of time where he's still knocking at the door of our hearts. And we just need to make sure that he's on the inside of our heart and not kept on the outside. So just open up your heart and allow Jesus in. Down your tools. Set aside everything. Open your arms with everything in you and allow the one in, Jesus, who has always loved you regardless of what you've done. Ask Jesus to wash away your sins with his blood, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. For godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil. And it never brings regret, but worldly grief, the hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world, is deadly, breeding and ending in death. Once you do this, once you believe, just believe you have been saved. Once you invite Jesus into your heart, open that door of your heart to him. Just believe, just believe by faith you have been saved. The word of God says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of of God. So if you have received Jesus today, if you invited him in, allowed him in, opened up your heart to him and said, Jesus, please come into my heart. I receive you today and confess you as my Lord from this day forth. You are my Lord. I receive you. Now, please, Lord, please cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Please wash away my sins with your blood. Make me white as snow. 
The next step now is to get yourself a Bible. Now, I prefer the Amplified Version, but if you cannot find one of those, we will send you one and get in touch with us at country code 1-407-705-3151. If you would rather go out and get yourself a Bible, you could also get the New King James Version or English Standard Version. And then once you have your Bible, begin to read the book of James in the New Testament. It's only five chapters, and it's the beginning primer of the Christian life, the way to be as a Christian man or woman. Then slowly read the epistles, which are the letters of the Apostle Paul to the churches. Those are the books in the New Testament that are called Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Galatians. Those are examples of his letters. This will help you discover who you now are with your new identity, now that God has given you a new spirit. Your new you. Your mind is the same, your body is the same, but your spirit is brand new. Now read the Word of God so that your mind becomes renewed. You have to take hold of the Scriptures and believe for you that they are true. But then to know that you are also the same as the person whom Paul talks about in the letters to these churches about the new believer in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Just one example of the new eternal life, the new identity in Christ that you now are. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. The shackles are off, the chains are off. You are free from all of that bondage, all of that distress, all of that guilt, Jesus has paid for it all to be removed, not because you and I have deserved for it to be removed, but because God loves you and the Lord loves you today. If you'd like us to pray for you, please get in touch with us. It's country code 1-407-705-3151, or you can email us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, tog.world, tog.world. And you can fill out a prayer request there, and we would love to get in touch and pray for you. In Jesus' name. Until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.